It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, since we last recorded, have made two roster moves, bringing in two defensive ends or at least defensive linemen, because I think the position of one of these players is not necessarily as clear as it seems. Maybe both of them is not necessarily as clear as it seems based on the signing announcement. We'll talk about those signings at the top of the show. And then James over at allbengals.com just put up an article talking about the three things that he's watching for in training camp as He, amongst the rest of the Cincinnati media, gets their first access to watching these practices on Monday. So we'll look forward to James's eyewitness reports and potentially some very nice audio coming out of these training camp practices. That will be coming your way this week. But in the spirit of getting ready for that, we're going to give our top three things we're looking for from training camp practices this week. But we'll get started with these two guys listed at defensive end that the Bengals signed, putting their roster at 81 players. And let's clarify this 81 player bit first. As soon as Amani Bledsoe and Bryce Sterk pass all their COVID tests, then they will start counting toward the Bengals 81 player roster maximum. Until that point, the Bengals don't have to make a corresponding move, but as soon as they do, The Bengals will have to make a corresponding move, and the most likely move is that Trey Waynes will head to the injured reserve. Now let's talk a little bit about the players. Amani Bledsoe was a defensive end for the Tennessee Titans. He was on their practice squad for all of 2019. He was a college free agent last year. And Bryce Sterk is a guy who transferred from Washington to Montana State, wrecked havoc, and was seen as one of the top college free agents and a bit of a sleeper in last year's draft, depending on who you ask, before he went to Miami, where they tried to convert him to a tight end. How unique is that? He signs, has 15 sacks last year, and he signs with the Dolphins as an undrafted free agent and basically just trying out a tight end. Look, I assume the Bengals view him as a defensive end. I don't think there's any room for him to even compete at tight end, given that reps are limited as as uh, they are here um, with the weird schedule and the weird training camp that we're dealing with anyways. And they have an undrafted guy in Mitchell Wilcox, so I, I think they feel pretty good about. So I think he's a defensive end. I think this is a guy um, really competing for one of those 16 practice squad spots. And I, I think that's an uphill challenge in and of itself. But the Bengals, it, it's really been a, a theme – all offseason, they continue to add little pieces to this defense when they can, uh, and, and they did so here with Stirk. Yeah, it's 
interesting when you start to consider the positions these guys play. And I thought Sterk was just interesting because Miami aggressively apparently recruited him as you're going to be the only tight end we bring in. And that was the pitch to get him into their camp after he had 15 sacks and was, again, he was seen as a sleeper. He was seen by some others as one of the top college free agents available after the draft. And instead of getting a chance to realize his sleeper potential or realize his top college free agent status, Miami decides, you know what, we're going to get you to, to play tight end for us. And I find that choice generally interesting. He ran a four six nine. 40 at his pro day, I believe. He tested with mostly average athleticism for the most part. He's 6'5. He's a pretty tall guy, about 260 pounds. So that is a really big guy, I think, to play tight end. And so I can kind of see the idea there. But that's also a pretty prototypical edge rusher body, especially for the way the Bengals like these guys to be relatively tall. And so I think that he's competing on the edge. The other guy that Bengals bring in, Amani Bledsoe, he kind of played all over the defensive line for the Tennessee Titans last preseason. And that's something I find intriguing. He's a little bit of a bigger guy than Sterk, listed at 6'5", 287. So again, the Bengals love their height on the defensive line. But here's a guy that's listed closer to defensive tackle size where you have guys playing around 300. And he did play inside about 40% of those snaps for the Titans in the preseason. I like this because, look, they, they're going to get a look at both of these young guys, and it might just last for a week. You know, once John Ross, and hopefully John Ross comes back off the COVID reserve list in, in the near future, uh, hoping that yeah, his three-year-old son and everything's okay there. And once that happens, they're going to have to make a move. So this is a very, could potentially be a short stint here, but you want to see what you have. And again, he's another guy that has a shot at those 16 practice squad spots. And he was on the Titans practice squad for all of last season. That, that's pretty good experience. That's coming from a good program, uh, good culture there. And uh, that's certainly something the Bengals have valued recently. So we'll see uh, if either one of these guys can, can stick. I don't think either one has a shot at the 53-man, but maybe the practice squad. Yeah, I think... It'd be a very long shot. It would require quite a series of events for either of these guys to be in contention for the 53. And I 100% agree. Practice squad candidates. Last note on Amani Bledsoe. He did play 112 snaps for the Tennessee Titans in the preseason last year. Coming out of Oklahoma as a rookie. So if you're interested in going to watch for yourself for what the Bengals might have in Amani Bledsoe, you can go back and take a look at the Titans preseason games from 2019. So we're expecting some roster moves to come for these guys to make some space at some point in the near future when Trey Waynes and John Ross's situations become clear to the Bengals. And we might get some answers about Trey Waynes, about T. Higgins, about what's going on with some of this team. With the rest of the Bengals media getting into Paul Brown Stadium to watch practice, we would have never known T. Higgins wasn't practicing because there was nobody there to report it. But Starting on Monday, the local media will be there. They'll be doing their jersey counts. They'll be checking off their players on their roster sheets. And we'll know who is and who is not participating in practice. And James Rapine from the Lockdown Bengals podcast will be one of those people. What are we looking for, James, when you're there in person? We'll get into what James and what I am looking for in this training camp week coming up next. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's keep things rolling on the Locked on Bengals podcast. And if you're listening to this on Monday, well, 27 days away from the start of football season in week one. Hopefully, everything continues to trend in the right direction. Hopefully, that is the case. And with the Bengals set on Monday to uh, open up practice to the media for the first time in 2020, Jake and I figured we would give you a, a list of three things we're looking for the most here over the next few weeks as the Bengals prepare for the 2020 season. And Jay, we, we've spent a ton of time on this, as has every Bengals fan that's a diehard, a casual fan, uh, a, a fan that doesn't even watch the games. They know how bad the Bengals offensive line has been. Uh, and the first time I covered training camp daily was back in 2016. And it was like, oh man, the Bengals defensive line is so good. During these practices, and it really wasn't that, not that the line was bad, it was that their offensive line, it was foreshadowing how bad they were going to be for the next four years, and that's been the case. And even though I wasn't at camp last year, I assume that was an obvious flaw and fly in the ointment with Jonah down, and it certainly was during the season. So the first thing I'm looking forward to, and I will be monitoring closely, is can this offensive line hold up? against DJ Reader and Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson and Mike Daniels, can they look competent? Because that's all I'm asking for. My bar is not high for this offensive line. But if they get their heads kicked in again, then I'm not going to feel good in 27 days on September 13th, week one rolls around. I'm not going to feel good about Joe Burrow's chances against that Chargers defense. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I think that for any Bengals fan, and we're going back and forth here, James's number one was the offensive line, and mine has to do with the offensive line. With with all these guys, except I think Alex Redmond at this point, fully participating in practices, Xavier Suofilo off the PUP list uh, six, seven days ago now, I want to see who's working with which units. And, and here's the thing that makes this kind of complicated and I'm going to be asking you James okay who did you see with that first unit offensive line Jim Turner is known widely at least last year and and at Texas A&M for shuffling his offensive line all through training camp all through practices trying to find combinations and we saw this last year and it, it became concerning that they didn't find a combination that just stuck at some point but that seems to actually just be Jim Turner's MO. So we know a few spots, right? We know that it's going to be Jonah at left tackle. I'm pretty sure at this point, it doesn't look like there's an open competition at left guard. I think that that's just Michael Jordan at this point. And everyone knows that center is Trey Hopkins. So what's going on on the right side of the line? Is it straight up? Is it Xavier Suofilo getting the first shot? Is it Fred Johnson? Is it, uh, Who's the other guy? Bob, Bobby Hart getting the first shot at right tackle. and or, or is it? does it look like they're actually splitting things equally? Does it look like it's actually an open competition? I know that 
this is something that will take, I think, the full week to observe because it might be that one day Fred Johnson is the number one right tackle. The next day it's back to Bobby Hart. And, and there might not be any lessons to draw here, especially with no preseason games. So we might have to wait until Friday. Talking about 27 days until the regular season starts, another exciting milestone if, if we're talking about building up and getting some football going. The first scrimmage for the Bengals coming on Friday. Well, who's going to be working with that first offensive line in front of Joe Burrow, who's going to get that first shot? These are things that I'm very interested in. Beyond just the competence of the players that are out there, and that's important too, it's probably more important, I'm going to be interested to see what's going on with that competition. Sure. And and you, you hope that these guys just emerge that someone emerges that billy price his his weight gain he's 330 that he's just so much better than he was last year and he's healthy and suddenly he looks like uh you know a first round talent again and, and can just beat out xavier suofilo or suofilo's like oh my goodness for the first time in my football career i feel comfortable in a scheme in the move from left guard which he's primarily played throughout college and certainly during his six years in the pros Maybe it is a perfect fit, but that's what I'm hoping for because I don't really, and this may sound cold hearted, but it doesn't matter. I don't give a damn who it is. Whoever's there, I want them to be good and, and play at a high level and keep number nine upright and open holes for 28. So if it's Fred Johnson or Bobby Hart or Xavier Suofilo or Billy Price or Alex Redmond, it doesn't matter to me. What matters is is you find the right combination of guys that can put this offense in a position to have success. And uh, certainly that rotation and what happens and, and who's who's going in and out, who's playing with the ones, will be something we're monitoring all throughout camp. What about your guy Hakeem Adeniji? Hakeem Adeniji's right in there, man. Hey, if there was preseason, if there was preseason, Jake, without preseason, I, I don't know why. Because, look, he can play so many spots. Why would you start him unless he's just so much better? And I don't know how he would be. But he could play all those spots. Like he could be – a backup left guard. I mean, who is the backup left guard? Is it Price? I think Price is probably backing up both guard positions, and I think Alex Redmond is going to be in the mix as well. Adenogy isn't in that mix? I you're, think you're that you're, him behind, you're putting him behind Alex Redmond? Is that what I, we're doing? I think that your hopes are very high for a sixth-round offensive lineman from a bad football program. I think he's going to be a, uh, a backup. A backup. Sure. Yeah. Not a third string, a second stringer. I mean, maybe by necessity. I think if this team had built their offensive line room with any sort of uh, urgency, let's say, then then we wouldn't be in a situation where you're relying on a six-round rookie to be one injury away from, from protecting your franchise quarterback. Who's the backup left tackle? Probably Fred Johnson. I mean, I, yeah, it, it really might be. And then and then what would you do? You'd put Bobby at right? Like if Fred Johnson wins the right tackle job, just move him to the left side? Whew. The depth Man, they, is not great. They, <laughs> see, training camp is here. Like I, I joined in May. I, I started back here and locked on in May. We've talked about offensive line like crazy. They, they, it took them two and a half seconds to address defensive line when Josh Tupo opted out. And we all knew they were going to do it. This offensive line better be competent, damn it. I just made myself mad. They could have easily added to this line, and they haven't. So if they're not, I'm going to be frustrated. Yep. I mean, this is something we've talked about for months. The, the Bengals, 
going back to late last season, the Bengals see their offensive line differently than the public. And in my opinion, for anyone paying attention, they, they, they are, they, they need to be held accountable is all I'm saying. They, they ought to be, they ought to be staking their careers on this, but instead, if it doesn't go well, I, I don't even know if there's going to be any negative repercussions for the people making these decisions. So I just hope that somebody's held to account if, if things don't go well after they convince the front office, you know, just go draft somebody in the sixth round to get a couple college free agents. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a nightmare. And I, I'll tell you one thing. We'll crush them. We're not with gloves off. We'll crush them. Hope, hopefully that's not the case. I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative here going into camp. But that's obviously a huge question mark on this team. No, All definitely right. definitely not negative. Yeah, last point. We want them to succeed. I want somebody to step up. I want Fred Johnson to be great. I want Xavier Suofilo to figure it out. I want Michael Jordan to take a big second-year leap. All these things. But, I mean, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And, and everyone that listens knows that I'm going to be skeptical about some of these things. And, and so this is one of those things. Okay, anyway, let's you, keep you got moving. your next thing. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep moving, and, and I will uh, maybe be a little, little more optimistic here, but uh, certainly another question mark. And let's switch sides of the ball. The other thing I'm going to be paying attention to, especially um, well, really throughout training camp, I was going to say especially this week, but no, throughout camp, how are these young linebackers going to fit in uh, in Luana Rumo's defense? Because Jermaine Pratt's entering year two. You, you bring in a guy like Josh Bynes who should start, and it's kind of reasonable to expect him to start right away. And then you got Logan Wilson. You got guys like Akeem Davis Gaither, who, and you've talked about this a lot, Jake, has doesn't really have a position. We're not really sure how he's going to be used at the pro level, um, considering how he's used at Appalachian State. We know he's super athletic. We know he's a hard hitter. Uh, we know he can run and cover and, and pass rush and do a bunch of things. So how does Luana Rumo use him? Um, Marcus Bailey certainly fits in there as well. Uh, Jordan Evans, again, people raving about the weight he cut and the, the shape he's in. So th- there's going to be some shuffling here, and uh, I- I'm really going to be paying attention to Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither specifically. How are they used? Uh, is Wilson in there uh, on third downs? Is that the guy? Uh, because he has – the thing he has that Davis-Gaither doesn't is he has the size. He's 20 pounds heavier, and he can run. He can cover. He, he can stop the run. Um, so, I mean, he's got everything you're looking for, um, and he did play a more prototypical role at Wyoming, but – is he going to be able to pick it up after a virtual offseason? Is he going to be ready to go? And, and that's uh, I think that's a, a big question mark. When I look at this Bengals defense, even with the Trey Waynes injury, I think the, the biggest question mark, it isn't in the trenches and it isn't the secondary. It's right there in the middle with these young guys at linebacker. And you, you make an interesting point about how are they going to adapt to the NFL game. And the biggest thing is how are they going to deal with something approximating NFL speed in that scrimmage on Friday? Again, all eyes for me on that Friday scrimmage because then we're going to, the coaches can't really lie so much there. They can't really be (laughs) clever. They're going to have their first units with their first units. And and that's what we're going to see based on what they've seen so far in training camp. And we did hear that. I I think it was, was it Lou Anarumo who said he feels like these linebackers are out there practicing like veterans. He feels like they're pretty far along for rookies. Get, even without the rookie OTAs that they would usually have. So there's some reason to be optimistic, I think, for these guys. But I'm very interested to see, where's Marcus Bailey practicing? 
is he is he truly playing like that second round film grade or is he bothered by those ACLs as he slowed down is he getting snaps with the second team on occasion or is he kind of buried back there with like the Marcel Spears the the college free agents on the depth chart so I think there's some very interesting things to watch at the linebacker position how they use Akeem Davis Gaither like you said Logan Wilson is up there Jordan Evans after reshaping his body drawing some praise for his his off-season workouts where does he fit in? So a lot to watch at this linebacker position. 100% agree with that. Yeah, and Marcus Bailey is out there. So physically he's done everything. Yeah. But you, you just wonder. Uh, Anarumo said, because he's not going to give you much, said that he's probably a guy that did benefit from the virtual offseason because he could get his body right and all yeah. the way right um, before returning. But yeah, it's uh, it, and he did say that they're carrying themselves like veterans. And that that is the one thing. With a guy like Logan Wilson, and you're big on age, you want him to be able to pick it up quick because he turned 24 years old on July 8th. So this guy is older for a prospect, and you, you need to see him hit the ground running. He certainly had plenty of experience in college, and you hope it could translate sooner rather than later. For the Bengals' sake and for Wilson's sake, I sure hope so too. There's a defensive position that I'm going to make you watch this week as well, James, and I hope you can grow a second set of eyes because the things we're watching for – the list is growing. We'll get back into what we're watching for in training camp coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Speaking of a second set of eyes, I was uh, advised by Dan Horde to bring binoculars. So I will have binoculars, so hopefully I'll be able to keep close attention and pay close attention to uh, everything that uh, you and, and every Bengals fan out there wants to hear. It's it's going to be hard. You see the platform where they're watching practice from. They're trying to watch two practice fields. I can definitely see the need for binoculars. And the next position group, I don't have a clever pun or transition from binoculars to cornerback. So we're just going to go into cornerbacks. The, 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 the thing that I'm going to be interested in is who is stepping up in the wake of Trey Wayne's injury. And how do these guys look? How do the LaShawn Sims and Winston Roses and, of course, Darius Phillipses, how are they doing? Are they getting chances against these, these top-end receivers? And if so, how are they doing? And that is another position where now you have a position battle. I think that now you have where previously we thought we know who the first three corners are. Now you have an all-out position battle for outside corner number two. Pending what we learn, of course, about the severity of Trey Wayne's injury, I think at this point everyone's expecting at least a couple months. And I'm kind of expecting after the bye week, just given the Bengals' track record with some of these injuries. But as we mentioned before, there's a lot more flexibility with bringing guys back off the IR this year. And I wouldn't rule out some of these guys, man. I, you, you mentioned Winston. I know everyone's focused on Darius Phillips. Are we sure Winston Rose isn't like Darius Phillips? With his ball skills, you know, and, and he had 14 interceptions in two seasons, including nine last year in the CFL. 
What if he has the same ball skills, but he's just more consistent? Like, that, you know, that could really be the difference. Uh, what if LaShawn Sims is just consistent but doesn't have the, the big playability that uh, that those guys have? So it, that is a battle that we'll, we'll certainly watch. And, and I really think we need to start, and I'm going to be monitoring this, who do they bring in for workouts? Teams can do that now. And, and while they, they feel good about this cornerback room now, even with Wayne's down, Will they feel good after Friday's scrimmage, after a full week of, of padded practices? Or will they say, you know what, let's start to look. Because maybe it's Lou Anarumo. But, man, if this dude needs something, think about it. The Bengals address defense and free agency and then use four of seven of their draft picks on defense. Then Tupo opts out and they're like, hey, we're going to get Mike Daniels. He has a way to convince them that they need something. So if he doesn't feel good about the, the, the third corner, the, the second boundary corner, then uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they start to work out some guys uh, outside of the organization. I personally might be a little surprised if they bring in external free agents at corner, but maybe not shocked. And, and the biggest reason for this is that I don't know at, at what point they, they feel like they need to conserve some cap space for potential extensions or raises next year the way that the Bengals do. They're currently rolling $18 million over into the 2021 salary cap. However, everyone around the NFL is expecting that that cap will be lower due to lost revenues from ticket sales and concessions and things. The other thing is they gave LaShawn Sims. It's not a veteran minimum deal. He's getting paid more than Josh Bynes. He's getting paid more, uh, uh, just a little bit less, sorry, than, than Joe Mixon. So if Josh Bynes is making $1.6 million and LaShawn Sims is making $1.68 million, I, I guess they, they think... And, and they think Josh Bynes is going to come in and start. I understand positional value is a little bit different, but LaShawn Sims is getting paid as if he's going to be a contributor to this team. That's fair. And, and they've certainly spoke that. Uh, yeah. I would say that in a perfect world, Josh Bynes would be your third or fourth linebacker by midseason. You know? and, and if really, if it was a normal offseason, I would kind of expect Logan Wilson to, to, to supplant him already. And, <laughs> but it's, it's much different. Um, given everything that's going on. But no, I, I think that's the most likely scenario because they do believe in these guys. But my point is, if they aren't satisfied with how they're playing, with the LaShawn Sims or any of these guys, Winston Rose, et cetera, that they will be willing and open to looking at other guys that, that are out there. Because I, I do think that there are some guys, and I'm not, when I say that, it does not necessarily mean Drake Kirkpatrick, even though a lot of people have connected those dots. Um, and he might still be in Cincinnati. Either way, uh, and that's pure speculation. I don't. I don't think that uh, would necess- necessarily be the route they go. But again, a workout's a workout. It doesn't mean they're going to sign guys either. Um, but y- you do hope. M- my hope would be Darius Phillips just becomes consistent. Winston Rose translates right away, and Lashawn Sims can do a little bit of special teams and corner like he did in Tennessee. Because I. I, I don't think I would not be confident in this in these corners if he's the number two boundary corner opposite William Jackson. That it does worry me a little bit. Yeah, I think that somebody will need to step up in Trey Wayne's wake. And I think that one of the things that could force them to look outside is if they don't think any of these guys can play run defense. I think that that would be what would push them in that direction. But that's why I think they have guys like like Brown, who they got off waivers from Green Bay. They, they have some guys that are better against the run. And then you've got guys like Darius Phillips, who maybe he can play the run, but he's certainly a little bit undersized to be great there. Winston Rose is a guy that, according to Ben Grant, our local CFL expert, is a cover first guy and and definitely might have some issues the way uh, 
seventh round pick last year, Jordan Brown, was that his name? Uh, had, had some coverage skills, but really lacked in the tackling and run defense game. But James, let's get on to your third thing that you're watching in training camp this week. And this is something everybody's watching. Joe Burrow, baby. I, I want to see Joe Burrow out there and, and who he's throwing to. By the way, rumor has it, Dave Lapham says, A.J. Green looks mighty, mighty good. So keep your low expectations, Jake. But, yeah, I, I want to see how Burrow and, and these wide receivers, how they look. We know John Ross's situation. It's extremely unfortunate. Uh, Tyler Boyd spilled the beans on T. Higgins, and we talked about that last week as well. Is he going to be out there? Maybe he is. Maybe this is a non-story and he was just dinged up, but it is something that we will monitor. Zach Taylor talks Tuesday. So at the very latest Tuesday, we will get an update on T Higgins. But after that, and you brought up this point and the more, the more I think about it, the more interesting it is that back end of that wide receiver room, Alex Erickson, uh, Stanley Morgan, Jr. Mike Thomas, these guys really have been given an opportunity. If, if Higgins can't participate in that scrimmage, If John Ross isn't back, and I don't know really how he could be back in time given the COVID protocol to participate in that scrimmage, you think about that. That that, that opens the door for all these guys, even an undrafted guy like Scotty Washington, to show maybe that that he belongs on the 53, but that he's a guy worth keeping around on that that other 16, so on the practice squad. So I will be watching that a ton. Um, and, And then, like everybody, Burrow to Green. We expect it to be poetry in motion, right? Burrow to, to Boyd, we expect that to be great as well. So I, I will be monitoring those two. But the back end of the wide receiver room is certainly interesting, given, given everything that's going on. And I, I'm going to be interested to see, just on this topic of, of quarterback play and wide receivers, how much RPO are they practicing? How much are they drilling that kind of footwork, that kind of action? Is it is it looking like a majority? Like, I'm just... It's going to be hard to assess. I think that the frequency with which they're practicing this, maybe we'll see it in the scrimmage, maybe not, because I know they won't like to show very much. But I am going to be very interested to see that bit. And my third thing is is right along these lines too. I just want to see T. Higgins. I, I would like to see him back in practice. And if if it doesn't happen, that's a shame. But that's an easy, low hanging fruit kind of thing that I would like to see this week at some point in these practices. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Our own James Rapine in person at training camp watching through binoculars from a platform, but nonetheless, <laughs> getting those first person observations that I wish I could do. I would trade places in a heartbeat. I, I, I have the jealousy. We'll also have audio from the latest player interviews. All that and more coming up this week on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until then, Bengals fans. Who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.